All right, good morning, everyone. Delighted to be here for a very exciting announcement here at the historic confluence of the Bow and Elbow Rivers in the heart of Calgary at a crossing that First Nations have gathered at uh, for thousands of years. I'd like to begin by uh, acknowledging and, and thanking Chief Aaron Young and uh, Clifford, Chief Clifford Poussette for being here and welcoming us uh, to the traditional territories of their people uh, and many representatives of uh, both the provincial and local government uh, for a very exciting announcement. As we know, uh, back in 2013, a catastrophic flood developed, and this was the very heart of it, a flood that caused uh, more damage than any flood in Canadian history, $5 billion of damage. Uh, that uh, destroyed an enormous amount of property and disrupted people's lives in Calgary and surrounding areas for weeks. We know that was a once-in-a-century flood, uh, but uh, we must be prepared for the next major flood and to prevent uh, damage of that scale. And that is why for works for, for years, excuse me, Alberta has worked with the City of Calgary, the federal government, and First Nations uh, to develop a plan for flood mitigation uh, along the Bow River. And that is why we're here today to announce that after years of consultation, of preparation, uh, that construction of the Springbank Offstream Reservoir has begun. This is a major moment uh, and great news for the people of Calgary and surrounding areas. The Springbank uh, Offstream Reservoir, or SR1, uh, will help to create some 2,200 construction jobs uh, it will be partially complete in 2024 and fully complete by the year 2025. It will uh, create a uh, reservoir area of some th 3,700 acres uh, and uh, will be using cutting-edge technology uh, and engineering to uh, protect uh, this waterway from potential future major floods. This is, is a result of... A, a total taxpayer investment of $744 million, of which $576 million is being provided uh, by Alberta taxpayers through the provincial government. In this year's budget, this year's balanced budget, uh, we confirmed a $473 million capital investment from Alberta in the SR1 project uh, for this and the next two budget years. So this is one of the largest infrastructure projects ever undertaken uh, in the province and funded uh, primarily by the government of Alberta. We would like to thank uh, the government of Canada for its contribution as well as the city of Calgary and for the collaboration with the city uh, and, again, with First Nations. So as I say, this is very good news uh, for the city. I know that uh, Calgarians, particularly in the uh, flood zone, have been anxious and uh, waiting for this project to get underway. I want to acknowledge particularly uh, Doug Schweitzer, uh, MLA for Calgary Elbow, for having been a strong advocate for this project. He's been quite relentless about it uh, long before the last election, in fact. Uh, and Doug, I know your constituents will be very happy to see this finally get done. Um, and so with that, I'd like to invite Minister of Transportation for Alberta, Rajan Sani, uh, to add more details. Thank you, Premier, and good morning, everyone. I'd like to acknowledge we are gathering on the traditional lands of Treaty 7 territory. I'd also like to mention that today is National Red Dress Day. It is a day to honor missing and murdered Indigenous women, 
girls, transgender and two-spirit individuals. Nine years ago, this very spot where we are standing was underwater. It is no understatement to characterize the 2013 flood and the aftermath from the destruction as devastating. It is very painful for many Albertans when they cast their memory back to that time. Many people's homes and businesses were significantly damaged, some beyond repair. I want to take a moment to acknowledge those experiences. We must never forget the destruction and the chaos. We must never forget those who perished. Let me put that into perspective with some numbers. Until the 2016 fire in Fort McMurray, this was the costliest disaster in Canadian history. More than 30 communities declared local states of emergency and more than 125,000 people were evacuated. More than 14,500 homes and over 1,500 businesses were affected. In Calgary, 26 neighbourhoods were placed under a mandatory evacuation order. It was the largest evacuation order in the city's history. And while there are stark reminders of the devastation of the 2013 flood, today is a cause for celebration. I congratulate Vinci Construction on winning this contract and thank them in advance for the work that they will be doing. I'm excited to meet their team and I'm happy to have met some of them this morning. Thank you for being here today. With work now underway, Calgary and surrounding communities can rest assured that SR1 will protect our communities against a future one in a 100 year flood. As a dry reservoir, SR1 is a key element of Alberta's flood mitigation infrastructure. SR1 will divert floodwaters from the Elbow River during extreme flood events, temporarily storing it in the reservoir before releasing it back into the river. I know many people, including myself, are relieved to see construction finally begin. My department worked diligently for several years engaging with Albertans, stakeholders and Indigenous groups, including Sutina Nation. I will acknowledge Chief Whitney. I'm also happy to see Chief Young from Chiniki here today. And I'd also like to acknowledge Chief Poussette from Wesley First Nation and Chief Dixon from Bearsfar, who are not with us today, but I did want to mention their names. It's taken many years of collaboration between government, local and community stakeholders and Indigenous groups to get us here today, to this moment. I'm truly grateful to all of our stakeholders and Indigenous groups for their input on SR1. It obviously hasn't been an easy road, but we've persevered, guided by a mutual spirit of respect and collaboration. Flood mitigation for Calgary and other southern Albertan communities remains a top priority for our government. SR1 will protect lives, property, businesses and the economy in the event of another major flood. Thank you. And now it's my honour to welcome my colleague, Honourable Jason Nixon, Minister of Environment and Parks. Minister? Well, thank you, Mr. Shawnee, for uh, those important remarks. Thank you, uh, Premier, for being here today for what is really uh, an exciting announcement that has been a, a long time uh, coming with a tremendous amount of work from a lot of people. I'd like to recognize both Chiefs as has already been said, uh, for being here today, as well as our other First Nation partners uh, for helping us to get to this very moment. 
Uh, our First Nation communities, uh, particularly along the eastern slopes, are critical for the management and the protection uh, of our headwaters. They also work very closely with the Alberta government uh, when it comes to critical uh, flood in, uh, mitigation projects like the one we're talking about today, as well as to make sure that we can provide uh, the water for our irrigation systems that is the lifeblood of the agriculture community in our province, and we appreciate all of their hard work on that. Uh, today is an exciting day. As I said, tremendous amount of work has gone into this at all levels of government and across several communities, ultimately moving towards uh, the same goal, which is to complete a critical piece of flood mitigation infrastructure that can help protect this beautiful city behind me, as well as so many communities downstream uh, from the city of Calgary. Uh, the Department of Environment and Parks uh, takes our role in the management of that infrastructure uh, to heart. Uh, we believe one of the most important roles that we have in our department is to manage uh, our dams all across the province, the extensive infrastructure that we're responsible for uh, that helps protect our communities from floods, as well as uh, provides uh, critical water, as I said, for our agriculture communities. We are excited to see this project started and are looking forward to adding it to the Department of Environment eventually when the transportation gets it built for us. Uh, as another tool to be able to protect uh, our communities. Uh, so I, we look forward to seeing it done. We want to thank everybody again for all of uh, their hard work uh, and uh, want to just reiterate again uh, this significant commitment to the community of Calgary and the hard work uh, that has gone into it to be able to make sure that we can get to uh, this day. And thank you for that. I messed it up because I'm supposed to do, introduce our next guest, which is my friend, uh, the Honorable Doug Schweitzer, the Minister of Jobs in Economy. I'll be very brief uh, in my remarks here today. Uh, this is an important day for the city of Calgary and the surrounding communities and people that were impacted, in particular by the flood in 2013. Uh, I represent a, a constituency where many people were directly impacted. Their homes were flooded. and. I had to go door to door and talk to people about the impact on their community, the impact on their families. And I got to tell you, the relief that the fact that we're moving forward with this project in our community is immense. The number of kids that you know, had anxiety afterwards, the number of families that had uncertainty as to you know, the future of their communities, this again provides them with that certainty for their homes and their communities, as well as our downtown. It's an immense project. It's an exciting day for them. But also it's just rewarding to see this project get to the goal line and become complete. Nine years, it takes a long time to build projects like this. Hopefully we can expedite ones in the future. But it's amazing to see that we actually have this project going forward here in Calgary. And to all the people that advocated for this for many years, there's been so many people in the city, community organizations, community volunteers that helped make sure that this was a reality here today. And I want to thank the Premier and our team and my colleagues uh, to making this a reality for the people of Alberta. So thank you so much for everybody for making this happen here today. And I also just want to invite my colleague, uh, Minister Rick McIver, Minister of Municipal Affairs. Thanks, Doug. And uh, I'll be brief. Uh, I, I don't know if the Deputy Mayor of Rocky View, Crystal Kissel, has been, in, has been in, uh, introduced, but she's here. So I'd like to thank her for her presence and, and acknowledge her being here. And let me just say, folks, this is the right project. This is a project that three governments from Alberta have now approved. The PC government picked this project after doing great research two governments ago. The uh, former NDP government got elected on a promise to not build Springbank, but to build something else, and then confronted with the facts after they were in government, said decided that this was the right project. And our government, 
uh, with a fresh look at it because we were a new government, looked at it really hard to make sure and came to the same. So that's three governments in a row. So I feel really good about the fact that on this river, this is the right project. It's been confirmed by three different governments of three different stripes. And I uh, want to acknowledge all the hard work. I look forward to uh, Minister Sani overseeing the construction of this. And uh, also, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Councillor Raj Dollywall from uh, Ward 5 in the City of Calgary and acknowledge his presence. Councillor? Thank you all. Good morning, everyone. I uh, just want to acknowledge, first of all, we are gathered here on the traditional lands of Treaty 7 people and uh, Métis Nation District 3. That being said, just want to thank you all, uh, my provincial counterparts, for coming out and supporting this great project. I totally agree this is the right project to do, and I'm very happy that we had such a great collaboration both at the provincial level, federal level, and municipal level. Uh, this piece of infrastructure is very important to protect the lives of people along the Alpo River, but also in downtown core. It also uh, adds economic viability to our downtown because over next year with this SR1, we know that we have a sustainable downtown which will not be negatively impacted by flooding. Uh, also, given the changing nature of uh, our flooding here due to climate change and all that, this, this project becomes essential for protection against those uh, different climatic events. Uh, that being said, uh, SR1 will mitigate, as I said, 80% of the flood risk of uh, 2013 size flood downstream along the Albo River. Uh, I remember I had a brother uh, who lived in Mission. I have a brother who lived in Mission back in the day, and in 2013 he called me three in the morning because he was getting evacuated. Uh, that didn't sit well with me. I had to drive all the way there, get him, his uh, six-month-old kid, his wife, into my car, whatever belongings we could get because we, they only had half an hour to, to leave. And I still remember, I was a common citizen, and Premier might not remember this, I met him on top of, I think, Crescent, Hill, uh, Crescent Heights while he was looking at the impact of the, of the flooding. So it impacted every Calgarian, it impacted Albertans. So once again, on behalf of the city, I want to thank provincial and federal government to step up and give us this uh, financial support to make sure that by 2025 we have this reservoir uh, finished and well in operation to protect the lives and, and give safety to our Calgarians. Thank you so much. Oh. My apologies, guys. I take a great honor and, and privilege here to invite Chief Aaron Young from Chiniki First Nation. Today is a beautiful day, awesome day it is. Uh, as I say, Ambawastits means it's a greeting to say the blessings of today may be bestowed upon each and every one of us to keep us better, to build us together for the future. And today is, is no different to recognize the fact that we are doing something together to protect the land, in particular our people, as we are, are recognized as First Nations here in this area, Treaty 7. I'd like to acknowledge my colleagues from Treaty 7 area for, for, for their participation. Unfortunately, they couldn't be here today. But I, myself, I'm the chief for Chiniki First Nation in Morley, and I'm honored to be part of this uh, great project. And I'd like to thank you, thank, thank uh, 
the province for, in, for inviting us and in, in to participate in this great uh, project in itself. As I move forward, province of Alberta to work with the nations in particular and consultation and, and providing our, each and every one of us the opportunity in economic development and to participate as we as First Nations, we've, been rec we've recognized ourselves and hold true that we are the stewards of this great land of ours that we all share for the greater Alberta of who we are as Albertans. And uh, today it is a great day to come together and to work together and uh, this is for the future. I remember in 2015 when the when the floods happened on a reserve, it was a havoc. But uh, coming together and working with the province and federal and and, and all and provincial and, and municipality, we we managed to work with what we had, and then moving forward, we'll be we'll be prepared and uh, be ready for sure. So with that, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chief Young. That concludes the formal portion of today's announcement. We'll now move over to a media Q&A. For any members of the media who have shown up here today, there is a mic just behind the line of cameras for you to ask your questions so folks who are tuning in online can hear. Uh, and we will, start, uh, we will start at the mics here. So you can go ahead with your first question. Thank you. My name is Scott Strasser. I'm from the Cochrane Eagle and Rocky View Weekly newspapers, CochraneToday.com. Uh, this question is for whoever feels most suited to answer it. Um, when the ministers were talking about this being the right project, uh, I definitely think a lot of Calgarians feel that way. Uh, when we have written about this in the past, we've interviewed Springbank residents uh, who felt otherwise. Is there just like an answer to some of the backlash uh, from some of the Springbank Community Association members and residents of that community uh, about this project? Thank you for that question, and I'm very happy to answer it. And you're right, there was controversy associated with this project for many years, and we've already heard about the different levels of government that have been involved. But I can tell you that we had voluntary negotiation on all of the land acquisition, so that is a good sign. There was no expropriation involved. And we've done extensive uh, engagement with community members and Indigenous communities, and while we'll never have 100% agreement on the project itself, I think we've done tremendous work and the fact that uh, there was no expropriation speaks volumes as to the level of engagement and the success of our interactions with, with people, including residents from Springbank. So overall, the feedback uh, as of late has been positive, but certainly we're open to having further conversations with anybody who has expressed concerns around this project. It's very important to us to be transparent in that regard. Hi there, Minister. Uh, Adam with uh, Global News. Um, we got the update last year and there was still land acquisition going on. How did that process go and is that all complete at this point now? It's all complete. 100% voluntary uh, negotiations. It's all done and so we're we're done with that portion, happily. Hey, Tim Brooks, CTV, uh, for the Premier. Um, I know you're not the health minister, Premier, but uh, just a quick update, if you will, uh, about the, the current health situation in Alberta. We're getting a lot of reports of some families waiting outside of Alberta Children's yesterday. Just wondering kind of where the system is at right now as far as recovery is concerned and, and what's kind of expected over the next few weeks. Or sure. Well, I would say, uh, first of all, the general trends on COVID are encouraging. 
Uh, we've been not only through the Omicron wave, but the BA2 subvariant wave, and uh, there has not been a significant increase in pressure on the hospitals, but there still is uh, a, a real burden on the hospital system overall. We have uh, continued to have over a thousand COVID patients hospitalized, uh, and um, although only about 45 in the ICU. So I would say that the pressure is real, but it's it's manageable. Now, the reality is that we just don't have enough capacity in our healthcare system, and that's been true for a very long time. We've seen it true all across Canada during COVID, and that's why we are determined to increase capacity. Uh, we've increased the base health budget from about $19 billion to $22 billion over three years, and that's in addition to billions of contingency funding for uh, COVID costs. We have added about 1,800 nurses to the health system over the past three years. Uh, We have 100 more doctors working in the system than a year ago, about 1,300 additional EMS personnel. Uh, But uh, we have to get greater accountability from Alberta Health Services and how those resources are deployed. Uh, Albertans deserve better bang for the taxpayer's buck when it comes to health care. We have the second most expensive system in Canada on a relative basis, And yet, we went into COVID with the lowest per capita number of intensive care beds uh, and with longer surgical and diagnostic wait times than many provinces. So I have tasked Minister Copping on developing a strategy to get better results for the huge investments that Alberta taxpayers are making in the system. Albertans deserve care when they need it and where they need it. Now, I would say generally, the experience of... of, uh, Majority of Albertans with the health system is a positive one. But unfortunately, we do see stresses and strains. COVID has made that more difficult. There's no doubt about it. Um, and uh, I would finally add that we're, we're making uh, significant... We're, uh, this particular budget added $600 million to the health budget. Partly, that's going to help to increase by 50 the number of baseline intensive care beds, going from 173 to 223. Uh, we are... Um, also focusing on rural physician and nurse retention and recruitment because a lot of the greatest stresses are in smaller rural hospitals. And uh, we're making unprecedented capital investments to build more capacity. The Calgary Cancer Centre is near completion. Uh, That's a $1.3 billion project. We're building effectively a new hospital for central Alberta, the Red Deer Regional Hospital, a $1.8 billion uh, project, expanding the Brain Centre at the University of Alberta Hospital and many more, many other projects. So here's how I would characterize it. We have a good system, but it's been under significant stress. We're not getting the results that we should for the amount of money we're spending, and we're determined to get better results. Sorry for the long answer, but it's a, big, it's a $22 billion question. Um, thanks. And another question, another unrelated question. Um, we have a lot of people right now calling for your government to move up the utilities rebate. We saw some of the documents yesterday. It seems like the end of that rebate is going to be coming for most Albertans by December because of the the split-up payments. So I'm just wondering, any plans uh, inside your government right now to move that up and and provide that relief right now uh, as we see these prices? Sure. So we have provided immediate relief uh, at the fuel pump with the 13-cent suspension of the Alberta fuel tax, and that's about a $1.3 billion savings for Albertans on an annual basis. And the $150 electricity rebate will be coming onto people's bills. We've passed the legislation. Uh, it's a technical issue where the 40-some electricity retailers actually have to get to get that as a rebate on people's bills. 
and they will be doing so in the next couple of months. That's, uh, that's what I've been advised of. And I know that our Minister for Natural Gas and Electricity, Dale Nally, is working closely with the uh, 40-some electricity retailers to pass that money on to consumers as quickly as possible. I should also mention uh, natural gas prices have gone very high this week. We're up to yesterday. We were, I saw natural gas going to $8.30. And so uh, Albertans can rest assured that we'll, there will be additional relief coming to them in the form of a natural gas rebate for the cost of gas, anything over $6.50 a gigajoule. So when you combine the natural gas relief, the electricity rebate, the fuel tax suspension, on an annual basis, we're talking about $2 billion, give or take, in consumer relief, which is uh, way more than any other government in Canada is providing. And finally, I can say that if the economy stays strong and our fiscal situation uh, continues to improve, uh, we are open to providing additional consumer relief to address this sky-high inflation um, this summer. Hi, Premier. So in French and in English, it's about the project that we are talking today, uh, the Reservoir. So do you feel it's more urgent and in the interest of uh, Calgarians to see this project built regarding what we see with climate change in Abbotsford also in the fall and in Manitoba right now with the floods? Je dirais que pour les résidents de Calgary qui ont été affectés par l'inondation en 2013, c'est toujours urgent parce que nous ne savons pas quand il y aura un autre événement d'une telle grandeur. C'est toujours possible. Alors, il faut être préparé parce que le, ça coûtait environ 5 milliards de dollars de dommages aux Albertains, particulièrement à Calgary. Euh, il y a une décennie. Alors, euh, franchement, ça, ça a pris trop de temps pour effectivement agir. Mais enfin, nous avons commencé aujourd'hui la construction sur un des plus grands projets de l'infrastructure dans l'histoire de l'Alberta. Alors, euh, je dirais que c'est toujours urgent pour les gens qui sont vulnérables à notre événement comme ça. J'ai une question d'une collègue maintenant. Les pétrolières estiment que le crédit d'impôt d'Ottawa n'est pas suffisant pour lancer des projets de capture et de stockage de carbone. Votre gouvernement est-il prêt à financer ces projets alors que les pétrolières se font des milliards de dollars de profit en ce moment? Sure. Just for uh, politeness for everybody, uh, anybody who doesn't speak French, the first question was about um, uh, whether the, how urgent the uh, SR1 project is. And I said it's... it's urgent for anybody who might be affected by it. And uh, the second question is about whether the uh, federal investment tax credit for carbon capture and sequestration is sufficient to, to attract in, in meaningful investment. Nous apprécions énormément la décision du gouvernement fédéral à créer cet crédit d'impôt pour un incentif pour les investissements dans la capture de carbone qui est une stratégie et une technologie essentielle pour réduire les émissions de gaz à effet de serre, particulièrement pour les sables bitumineux et pour le secteur énergétique en Alberta. Et euh, les compagnies, les grandes compagnies pétrolières qui font partie de ce groupe euh, Pathways Group euh, ont indiqué que c'est une, 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 une étape très, euh, très utile Et je, suis, je crois qu'il y aura des investissements importants dans le, la séquestration du carbone. L'Alberta a, a déjà investi euh, euh, environ 2 milliards de dollars dans l'infrastructure euh, de capture de carbone. Euh, et j'ajoute 
que les compagnies pétrolières, ils font les grands profits maintenant. Et il faut qu'ils investissent leur propre argent dans ce projet-là. OK, we'll take one more question from the, uh, from the floor here before hopping over to the phones. This is going to be a short one. Since I talked to you yesterday. I'll, I'll try to do a short answer, unlike my health care answer here. Sorry. Uh, well, no, no, you could go, go as long as you want. But um, uh, after the interview yesterday and my column appeared, there are still some MLAs, here they are, um, who don't like your uh, comments on the 50% plus one standard. They're still upset and they think it's not proper, it must, must be much higher. Etc. Etc. What is your reaction to MLAs in your own camp, who are still pushing the idea that it has to be a much higher number and that they're they will not rest until you concede that? Uh, Rick, I've simply said that in a democracy, a majority is 50% plus one. Uh, that's I don't think that's even debatable. That's just a statement of fact. And um, secondly, uh, I, I would just point out that. In, in, in any party, the threshold for a leader to be elected is 50% plus one. That's a good short answer. Sec, second short question is, um, what is your message to them? Because this vote's happening in less than a couple, the results are in less than a couple weeks. I mean, what is your message to them if they persist in uh, continuing down this road? My message to everybody in my party is uh, we have an open uh, democratic review process. It's good to have accountability like that. And we all must respect the democratic decision of the members, period, full stop. Uh, I will regardless of which way it goes. And I fully expect elected officials to do the same. Okay, thank you, Premier. Uh, operator, can you please put through our first caller? What about our second call? <laughs> uh, I think we're having some technical issues with the, with the operator here, Premier, so I think we'll call that a wrap today. Okay, thanks very much, everybody, and uh, appreciate it.